welcome to another episode of Drop Talk, which is the official podcast from Drop Fitness. This podcast features interviews between the owners and members of Drop Fitness, as well as the community members and business owners, where we talk all things fitness, family, food, and, you know, a little bit of funny. I'd like to throw in a little alliteration there. Please subscribe and share our podcast. And if you like what you hear, throw us an awesome five-star review. You can always follow us on Instagram at dropfitnessbakersfield or head to our website, dropfitnessbakersfield.com. See you at the gym. What's up, Fit Fam? And welcome to another episode of Drop Talk. And I am your host, Joe Noel. And with me again today, co-hosting, Monica Noel. Hi. Glad that you uh, ditched the professional voice that we established last week. Yeah. Yeah, sounds super motivated, but <laughs> super positive. <laughs> well, second episode here. I think first episode, pretty uh, pretty good success. Thank you guys for everybody who uh, downloaded, listened, commented, gave us feedback, uh, got a lot of good feedback. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Um, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. At least, uh, you know, we uh, we got a few fans out there outside of our parents, which uh, update both of them figure or all of them figured out how to uh, download and listen. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Yep. And um, thank you for uh, everybody who left us a nice little comment and or uh, rating and uh, even the person with the two star review. I like I appreciate that. I like, mean, yeah, I mean, it'd be cool if you could have like commented on it or something and hopefully they're listening again. Then maybe they'll update that little two-star review. Maybe we'll see. See, uh, see if we can change their hearts. I mean, today I was thinking about, you know, what should we talk about? Thought we could get into like, I don't know, our our fertility issues and you know having a baby. Um, I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts? On it? I think that it. Well. I think that says a lot or will tell people a lot about us and how I guess we are the way we are too. Um, It kind of helps. uh, Yeah. Like you said, like helps see who we are and Mm kind of where we're, where we're coming from with, uh, with our life and kind of um, just plays off of the last episode. So I think uh, kind of get into that and see how, you know, our kind of the fitness is fit into there because I think with along the whole time we've really, just felt time to found time to work out and found time to try to stay healthy, right? And I think you know, first off, like I said last week, um, you know, we got married. We're going to be celebrating our our ten year anniversary here uh, this year, later this year, like in eight months. Um, Two thousand ten, we get married mm-hmm. in August. Mm-hmm. Beautiful ceremony. Yes, on the beach. On the beach. Um, nice little. Uh, honeymoon Cancun Mm -hmm. still can't drink tequila to this day (laughs) (laughs) terrible tequila boom booms too many um so that was in August Uh, I think uh, I want to say like around December we were like hey let's you know pull the pull the catcher which I don't know if that analogy fits when they say pull the catcher you know it I feel like that's a common (laughs) <laughs> I know. I don't know. Pull the, pull the, uh, pull the pill. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's when we were like, yeah, let's let's kind of do that. And like we're, I think we're thinking like, oh, maybe next year, like or at the beginning of the year. And I want to say around like December time frame of, of 2010. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, I think looking back now, I think we were like, oh, it's probably not going to happen so soon because you've been on birth control for so long. And, you know, we're just like, well, let's just see what happens. Let's get your, well, with me, my body, you know, let's get you off birth control and let your body kind of like do its thing. And, you know, if it happened, it kind of happened. And, and then, um, I think, uh, I feel like I have probably had a different thought because i was like hey the the moment you stop taking that thing like we're pregnant the next day so that's why i was like <laughs> you know december kind of time frame you're like yeah i think i'll probably get off the pill i'm like oh you know let's wait you know a month or two because yeah. like it's gonna it's gonna happen in four and a half days so um so yeah i don't know i i probably thought a little differently um clearly it didn't it didn't happen like right away i think around that time this is probably back in the time when like you were like running mm-hmm. for like your main kind of fitness mm-hmm. stuff. I think you continued, continued running. Um, and then, you know, I think we found out that like, well, obviously we got frustrated with it not happening for the first year or so. But I think we found out when talking to a doctor, like they won't even talk to you until you've been trying for a year. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, they that that was one of the main questions that you get asked when you're wanting to make an appointment with an infertility doctor is, well, how long have you been trying? And if it's under a year, they they won't see you. Um, and I remember we were coming up to a year and you were like, well, let's just make the appointment. And I'm like, OK. And but we weren't exactly at a year yet. And I lied a little bit and said that we'd been trying for a year to get that appointment and and then that's when it all started and one of the many doctors <laughs> that we had seen i don't even think we kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into at that point it was just like help us figure out what's going on and that's when the journey began <laughs> yeah and i mean i think really the journey is like basically just tests like because that's all it was like blood tests and samples given of other stuff and you know that's like by the way like do they need they're like hey this has to be at the office in 15 minutes like we need a sample 15 minutes after it's like it comes out so if you live more than 15 minutes away and we're like 22 minutes away and i'm like nope i'm doing this at home and then I'm bringing in my sample. And also, remember that? It was, I don't want to like throw out the name of the facility that we were going to, um, just in case. I don't know. Maybe they're listening. Yeah, right. Um, but remember, <laughs> I was supposed to, okay, I was supposed to give a sample one day. Um, and it was like, hey, first thing in the morning, you know, they open at 8.30 or whatever time they opened at. And it was like, that's that's when you're, you're going to make an appointment and you're going to drop off your your sample so they make sure you know rule out why we're not getting pregnant make sure that you know my stuff's good to go i do my business at home and uh i drive it over and i was speeding probably like running yellow lights for sure probably a couple red lights to get it there in time i remember walking in and i was like uh yeah i have um there's an appointment but it's not really an appointment i just gotta like drop off something 
and she's like uh okay what's your name and looked in the system like no name there i should have already known like this place is not legit like my name's not in the system she's like what are you dropping off and i'm like there's like seven ladies checking and i'm like it's a i mean it's a sample and she's like a sample of what and i'm like really <laughs> what what other samples would i be dropping off um it's a, a sample of cheese danishes that i was baking yesterday what do you think this is a sample of? so like it's in, i remember this too is in a little coach bag like i mean somebody bought a wallet maybe or something like that kind of size of a bag so like it's in there just like, and it has like its biohazard stickers on there, which doesn't make you feel really good about your own samples. Like, this is a biohazard? Like, God. But then I'm like, kind of like leaning over the counter, letting her look in the bag. Like I had a, like I was going to rob a bank and that's my gun. My gun's, hey, this is real. Okay. And I'm like leaning over and I was like, it's a, it's my sample. And she's like, oh, you're not in the system. So I'm like, well, you're going to have to take it. Cause like now we're going to like minute 22 after they're like, hey, you know, you're, first 15 minutes you got to get it here in 15 minutes and it has to stay warm and you have to like yeah i drove this whole process i drove with that thing like tucked in my crotch like (laughs) i was keeping it warm and so i mean it was just like it was just a mess so clearly um we were probably in the in the wrong place and you know and i think that was about the time i when like frustration kind of sets in because you know they were probably now a year Fast forward like a year into us kind of. Yeah, I think it was probably a year and a half at that point because. Oh, no, I mean like a year after we started going to the doctor. So now oh, we're like two years oh, of probably yeah. like trying. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's like more of the same thing. It's like, it's like, hey, so are you running? And you'd be like, yeah. And they'd be like, hmm, you should probably stop running. Still running. Or like, do, oh, do you drink coffee? You do? Oh, okay, well. Yeah, I mean, like caffeine, that can that can do it. And I'm like, human beings, do you think human beings, like, caffeine sensitivities are going to make you not get pregnant? Like, our society would be, our race would be. But extinct. what did I do? I mean, I did everything. Like, I took everything away. I stopped working out. I stopped running. I stopped caffeine. I stopped alcohol. I stopped everything that the doctor told Said, me. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, don't do that anymore. And I remember thinking, like, how am I not going to work out? Like, what then what do I do? And I remember thinking to myself and just being so unhappy because I, I literally could not do anything because I was so badly wanting to get pregnant. And I was like, well, if this is – they're telling me, the doctor is telling me that I need to stop all this and I could get pregnant – then I stopped all that and like months would go by and I remember you were you looked at me and you're like are you even happy that that you know that it's not happening and you can't do anything like you literally can't do anything and I just said no that I wasn't yeah I mean it's it's like you you drive yourself crazy because you're trying to do all these things like you said like the doctor's telling you and I feel like you know we found out like not all doctors are created equal like no there are doctors that know what they're doing and then there's doctors that have went to medical school and that's like where they're you know they're they're not exactly the the greatest advice givers or i don't know maybe they're just not skilled in certain things like there are dr drews out there who's amazing love you dr drew board certified (laughs) physician diction medicine specialist i listen to loveline a lot that's his that's his intro um and then there's like a lot of dr oz's out there or like dr phil you know, like they're not doctor doctors. They're just like 
a TV doctor. And I felt with our first doctor that we had went to, maybe this will help give people that are going through it some insight. You don't have to go, once you start telling your story every single appointment, like it's your first appointment, just run, yeah, go find go something somewhere. else, so somewhere else, because I felt like that's where we were at. And I'm like, at this point, I'm getting upset because I'm like, how do you not know who I am? I got to tell you again who, like how long we've been trying. Like you have my chart in front of you. You don't even know my name. You don't even know my husband's name. Like, right. why am I here again? And why am I paying another copay? Like, let's get this ball rolling. Like what? And then going there and then saying, oh, well, nothing's wrong. The test came back fine. Okay, well. Let's try another test. Yeah. I think another for anybody that is going through this stuff, like if you don't feel comfortable with a doctor, if you don't, not that you just don't like what they're saying. I'm not saying like, I mean, obviously get a second opinion if you don't like what they're saying. But if you just don't like how they're kind of conducting the business or, I mean, I should have just known with, uh, you know, not having appointments right and all that kind of stuff. Um, to your point, like every time you go in for an appointment, if you're having to like retell your story, which is what we did at multiple doctors, you know, just get out of there. Like, I don't know. They're not, they're not for you. If you don't feel like you're getting anything out of it and all you're doing is like all literally all we did was like test after test after test. And it's like, okay, well nothing's wrong. Like you're saying this looks fine. You're saying this looks fine. You're saying this looks fine. So like, can we do something to try to get pregnant? Like, what are we doing? Like, what's the plan? And I think that's probably where we kind of got frustrated, um, really frustrated, was with, like, we, not only were we not pregnant, but it's like we didn't have any hope of getting pregnant because I don't think we actually had a plan, like, that was established. And so... It was like how many... I mean, it was the basic stuff. It was, okay, you're going to go back on birth control. Then you're going to come right off of birth control. And then, okay, that didn't work. Okay, well, then then we're going to put you on Clomid and oh my God, Clomid for all you ladies that have been on that. Oh my God, bless you. Because I felt like I was a freaking monster when I was on that thing. And, um, you know, let's put you on Clomid and then make sure you're timing intercourse and how about basal body temperatures and why do i even know what that is like oh my god that was when i got crazy into it i think we were like year three yeah maybe four when i got into that because then i started researching myself and i'm like well what can i do because the doctor's not telling me to do this and everybody can google it but i'm pretty sure and i'm not looking at a computer right now like you have to wake up at the same time every morning 6 a.m. or whatever, like first thing in the morning before you get any activity going, right? You check, take your temperature, then you log it. And I guess right before you ovulate, your temperature like goes down like a degree or half a degree or goes right up or something like that. It's like it goes down a half a degree and then it shoots up like one degree the next day. And then that's when you know I'm ovulating. It's like so insane. Um, How many mornings would you roll over and see me with the thermometer in my morning. mouth? I mean, it was months. Like you did that month. You're like, this is this is it. And then it'll be like, hey, this is prime time. Today's prime time. Or tomorrow. Like I think, because I'm pretty sure like it goes down half a degree and then it goes up. I don't know. I got to block that old so, part out because I was, it was crazy. So then you're like, hey, it's prime time. Like we, we got to do this. And so there is nothing <laughs> less romantic than like trying, not trying for a baby. That's, I'm sure that's really romantic, but um 
like doing it like a job on year four. It was like a job that you just didn't like anymore. And it was like, hey, it, it was not about the mood setting. It was just like, we got to get this done right now, like three times today. Like yeah. we got to hit it morning, afternoon, and night because, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean hit it like that, but like, I'm mean like, do this because it was like, hey, we got to get that stuff in there because I'm ovulate. Like it's, it's, it's dropping. Eggs are dropping. The ball's dropping. It's New Year's. And, uh, you know, and it's like, cool. Well, there, I don't know. It just wasn't super romantic. No. Um, and I think it drives us crazy. And then back to bringing it back to like working out, like if you're not working out, you're not having that, that ability to get, you know, your like frustration out. Like if that's, if that's one of your outlets and it should be one of your outlets, like being able to go run or being able to go lift or being able to do something like that and now you're not able to do it because you're like well what if this is is the reason why i mean i think it's just you kind of making yourself even more crazy you know not like well that and then that was when i was like no i gotta go back to something i and that's when i started running and yeah. was like running was i mean i mentioned it in the last podcast it's like that was that was my outlet I would be out there for hours because I was so frustrated. I was sad. I was angry. I was, you know, every emotion you could possibly go through. I would never wish infertility on anybody because it's one of the hardest things I think you could go through. And I think one person described it. I I read it somewhere. It's like, it's like grieving every single month because some as it's not happening you know it's something that you want so bad so with me the running was my outlet like I would go out there I would run for hours and I would cry I would whatever it was and then I'd you know at the end of it I'd be like okay I'm ready let's do it again you know let's let's get after it again and then yeah and then that's how I, I would approach it so for if your doctor tells you don't work out and you and you need that like then you need to do what you need to do with working out or running or whatever it is right just from like a mental health standpoint because oh yeah i mean i'm not saying that that's in every situation like maybe that could be the reason why some people aren't getting pregnant i don't know i'm not a doctor i didn't go to medical school but i doubt that it's affecting that many people like our bodies the female body all human bodies in general, but like we're really resilient, you know, and we can deal with a lot of different stuff and still function properly. And I don't think that, um, you know, the, the human body is like so sensitive that, Hey, you can't get pregnant because you're, you're doing a little bit of a workout. You're like putting your body under a little bit of stress for 30 minutes a day or 45 minutes a day. Like, I really don't think that that's, what's causing you to either not get pregnant or you know god forbid like in in the situations when people lose a pregnancy like i don't think that little bit of time is is doing it like our bodies are meant for our bodies are meant to run away from tigers and stuff you know caveman status so i'm pretty sure we're able to be able to do a little bit of a workout um you know and i i think that's kind of what I tell people all the time too, especially like new people at the gym because, you know, they're so sore. Like they're like, oh my God, I'm so sore. I had to go to the doctor. Like I'm that sore. It's like, it, you know, 
yes, you are that sore because you haven't done that kind of movements of it, but your, your human body is able to do squats. You should be able to do squats. You know, you don't have a degenerative, uh, knees or whatever, you know, like you should be able to do that stuff. So yes, you are sore and it's fine, but you need to keep moving, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I try to tell everybody that. And for any of our new members out there that are, that are just signed up that are really sore, like you got to keep pushing through it you got to, you know, find your, find your rhythm and, and keep going. And if you're really, really sore, like take an ibuprofen. Cause that's all the doctor's going to give you. <laughs> they're, they're only going to give you an ibuprofen anyways and send you on your way and be like, yeah, you're sore. Don't go to the gym for two days, but you should go to the gym, work it out. Yeah. You know, so about year, what, three, four, I would say like year four, I think you probably are calling it quits on going to the different doctors, right? I mean, is that, there was a time when we like stopped. I feel like we stopped all the time. Well, we did. Yeah. We always like went on and off pretty We're much. Like we are stopping trying because it's, it, we need a break from it in hopes of like, oh, maybe if I say that like out loud or whatever, then it's going to happen without even, without even thinking about it. Like, one drunken night or what vacation you know we can come back and be like oh guess what we're pregnant and it never happened like that but unfortunately (laughs) Unfortunately. but also spoiler alert we have a three-year-old right now so you know it's not it's not all bad but i just want you know want to tease that for uh for later but um but yeah i think we realize like dang all those people that are like oh man i had that one hookup with that one guy <laughs> and I got pregnant. It's like, really? And I think anybody that's going through um, any fertility issues is probably in the same thing. Like, really? That you got pregnant on one hookup? Like, yeah. Wow. Frustrating. Yeah. But we all, we all feel you. We're all in the, we're on the same tribe, you know, out there. So, uh, um, you know, just know that you feeling like that is, is normal. It, yeah, it's normal. I, and I think that's why I wanted to do this podcast in particular was because or talk about our fertility was because um I want to tell people like it's okay to be angry or I mean how many baby showers did I not go to you know right or like how many I mean it's hard yeah it's it's really hard and it's not like you're not happy for that person you're just you're hurting and um yeah, and it's, it's just a lot to go through mentally and especially like um, when you don't have anybody that you know of that is going that is going through it or has gone through it or so like you don't know how you're supposed to feel and you don't know. Um, I don't know. It's just like you don't you don't know. So you have you, you're like, am I just going crazy? Are we just going crazy? Yeah. You know, like for thinking but, like this or am I a bad person for feeling this way or that way or whatever, you know? Cause then people that have not gone through it are kind of looking at you like, well, okay. Like that's like a weird reaction to have, or, you know, not understanding that reaction, I guess. And I, I think it's like one of those things and I don't expect anybody to, to know how to react to that or how to, how to deal with somebody who, if they've never experienced it, it is really hard to put it, like yourself in, into that situation because it's not like, it's not like a situation where like, oh, I'm having issues with, I don't know, money or something like that. And you're like, well, save up where I've been there before, like save, 
more money or work harder or get a different job like when it's out of your hands like literally like you're you just can't do anything to change it i think that was the most frustrating thing like where the arguments would come from from like me and you is because like there's nothing that i can do to change it so like if you know one of the most common things that i think a married couple fights about is is probably money right or some type of finances or whatever and like you can change that because you can spend less or you can get to make more money probably put you back in the same position because you probably just buy more but you know you you can figure it out and amongst the the two of you but like this is super frustrating you're obviously frustrated mad angry disappointed there's nothing that i can do and i'm just sitting there like i i don't know like i i don't know and i think finally at like a certain point that's what i did tell you i was like man if this doesn't happen like are you just are you never going to be happy like because i was at the point where I just felt like I couldn't make you happy. There's nothing that I can do to make you happy because if you're not pregnant, if you don't have a baby, then you're not going to be fulfilled or you're not going to be happy. And I think that was kind of like the turning point for both of us. And I think that's when we really stopped going to the doctor um, altogether because it was just like, yeah, it's not, this is not going to happen. And like, let's stop putting ourselves through this and like, let's just enjoy our lives together. Because honestly, looking back in hindsight, like, we had so many years of us being married with money, like good jobs. Cause you can be married at the beginning and then you don't ha- or dating or whatever. And you, you don't, you have crappy jobs or maybe you're still going to school or maybe, you know, whatever. And, um, it's different cause you don't have money to do anything. But when you're married with good jobs and you have money, we can just pick up and go whenever. And we were able to do that and we were able to travel and, um, you know, and it was fun. And like looking back now, I'm really glad that we did that. Like, you know, it's obviously in the moment you couldn't appreciate any of that stuff because I mean, you could appreciate it. It's like, Hey, we get to go do this stuff. But it, in the back of your head, you're like, well, I really wish I would just have a kid. But now looking back, I'm like, Hey, we have a kid. So awesome. And, uh, and we did get to do all that stuff and we got to know each other and really kind of form our bond or like have our time because guess what? Like at least three, that's 20 more years probably until she's out. Well, hopefully before 20 years out of the house, but like 17 more years before we're really like out of the house, you know, probably still taking care of her, but it's going to be a long time before it's just us again, (laughs) you know, and hopefully our damn dog, RIP to him hopefully he's he's so annoying guys you guys don't even know he's like the most annoying little dog ever and he's probably gonna live till he's like 34 he's 10 now and uh, i can't stand him but um yeah uh, you just made me cry isn't that being because <laughs> that <laughs> Sorry. I didn't. I didn't pause the podcast, guys. Though. Sorry, I was just looking at Monica to say something, and then she just. Oh, because like we me. start, we start talking about it, and I can remember that conversation, and I can remember where exactly we were at, and you looking at me and saying like, "Hey, you know, this might not be for us," and I just remember like having that moment, like, "Oh my God, it probably isn't." You know, like, what are we gonna do, and am I really gonna be okay? Am I really gonna be happy? And it was just like a moment that, like, I won't forget. 
Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'll give you, I I'll thought give I you wasn't going to cry, but I think it just talking about it. It was like such a, this was such a big part of our life. And, um, you know, it just brings back all these like memories and stuff, but I feel like this will help people. And I think that's why I wanted to talk about it, but you were so right in, and us looking back at it and, you know, we had that time with just us, you know, me and you, and we got to go places together. We, we got to, you know, have fun and really get to know each other. And not that we didn't know each other before, but I think on a whole different level, you know, we got to be married and, and get to, get to really see what that was like being married without kids, you know, um, dealing with life as a couple, the hard times and, you know, all that. So, well, and I think, you know, there's, there's something to be said about like, you know, sayings like a, a, dollar okay i'm gonna mess this saying up but it's like a dollar earned is more valuable than a dollar given okay you guys get the essence of what i'm saying like when you earn something when you work hard for it it's like it has a bigger more value to you right than if somebody just gave you something and and not to say that like we love our kid or something more than somebody else that just like got pregnant that's not what i'm trying to say but it's like going through something that tough like builds more character in who we are. I think the more difficult situations that you can go through, the harder times that you can go through in your whole life is just going to build you up. So when something doesn't go right later in life, you don't freak out and you don't just like throw up your hands in there and go, I give up or whatever. No, like you know how to deal with tough situations. It's the whole, like bring it to sports. Mm -hmm. It's like the reason why you want a team to, you know, maybe, be down in the fourth quarter and come back and and, vic- and go to a go to a victory like um, the Chiefs are going to do in the Super Bowl here um, is because if you just if your team just steamrolls everybody the whole season and you get to the championship game when they face a situation when they're behind they're going to freak out because they've never been in that situation before so you know when we're in a tough situation now when we're up against it whether it comes to from like a financial standpoint or whatever bring it back to something that i said last week in the pa- uh, podcast like it's not that serious or it doesn't have to be that serious like it's just life like we're going to get through it because we do get through everything so if you're in a situation right now and i don't know you feel like life is just like too much or whatever like you're gonna get through it you're gonna find a way like push through it and it's gonna make you stronger in the end and you know and and through all those those times those tough times like you need outlets like you need to be able to relieve some of your stress. You can't just bottle it all up and you can't just sit around all day and eat and dazs Like go outside, be active, listen to some good music, like get a sweat on, get your blood moving. And I promise you're going to feel better. Mm-hmm. Like come to the gym, work out, put it in 45 minutes or an hour and like, and get after it. And like, you're going to feel more refreshed and you know, you feel like a weight lift off your shoulders and then you go tackle whatever the situation is. Not that it's going to fix your financial situation or whatever situation you're dealing with, but at least, you know, maybe you'll have like a clear head on it and you'll, you'll go about it a different way and kind of just have a, a, a po- more positive outlook on it. And you know, during this time is when we found like lifting, you yeah. know, this type of working out too. I think that was, uh, our last year, wasn't it? Um, 
I would say year like five. Yeah. So like 2015 is kind of when we found this type of like high intensity, like Olympic lifting, like with a barbell. Mm -hmm. And we just like, we're like, yep, this is it. Yeah. The, these workouts that when you finish and you're laying on your back and like gasping for air and you're like, wow, that just killed me. And I loved it. Yeah. And I think for me in my situation, I was doing something my body was doing stuff that it never had done before. And when in a moment in my life where I felt so weak, like mentally and then physically, obviously, because of whatever the doctor was putting me on that made me feel like crap, I would go to the gym and lift that barbell and was like doing things like, oh my God, I'm like, I felt so strong. I felt like, I don't know, it was a whole different like high that you get. And it, like I was I was so into it and I was so glad that we had found it during that time well and I think and I, I do say this all the time like with the with barbell lifting especially because you throw a plate on there and it could be a 10 pound plate and so the whole thing is 55 pounds but what it looks like it's intimidating to some people and it looks good on Instagram photos too but it's really empowering to I'll say to women but I mean it is it is to men too but when they lift that barbell over their head and they throw it down or whatever, like they feel like you said, I felt strong, like I'm strong. And that's what people feel like after they do that or after they do these type of workouts, like they feel strong and they feel like something like the beast is coming out. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they're, they're a different person. They're a new person. And I think that can, that changes, that helps change your mindset on, on everything. And, you know, I think it changed our mindset. So now 2015 we're kind of rolling along and um and you know you know just like i think we had just we were on a break quote unquote again like we were like not gonna we were not trying actively we, were, we hadn't been to the oh, doctor I thought you were talking about us being on a break i'm like <laughs> i don't ever remember us being on a break no, but not us okay we were on a break from trying like we right. hadn't gone to the doctor anymore we were kind of like okay this is we needed a break from it and um i remember like had a, i had a moment and uh i was like i want to do this again let's go and try it again we got to find a doctor and you're like okay let's go do that call this doctor do you remember the com do you remember this conversation this is a malibu one or maybe the not LA. Malibu, la one yeah, yeah, yeah that had an office here in bakersfield it was how much like i want to say 250. I thought it was way more than that because I think 250 we would have been like, yeah, let's let's go no. ahead and talk. It was two. No, it was, I'm saying it was 250 to talk to him. Oh, on Skype. On Skype. <laughs> <laughs> For an hour. For an hour. $250 to talk to a guy on Skype for a consultation. Like... For one, that's kind of the business I want to be in. Like, I want... <laughs> I want you guys to call the gym and be like, hey, how much is it to like i don't know try a workout and be like well it's 250 and then i'll skype you in and just kind of and kind of show you we'll facetime and then i'll <laughs> i mean i'll move the camera around so you could see it like 200 cheese anyways and i remember our conversation you were like no i don't think i don't like no like why well okay before everybody judges me and i that i said no the thing was like he had an office here to make you feel like he was local or something, but you had to go to LA for any, any treatment, any treatment. So not only the $250 Skype session, but 
every time we're going to go down to LA to do whatever we're going to do, it's like, it's probably going to be like a hotel or something. Cause there's probably multiple treatments like right after each other and, or days down there. So it's like, it's traveling. It's all that. So that factored in as well. Not just the 250, the 250 was, was the deal breaker, but you know, everything else factored in as well. Yeah. And, uh, I just remember like crying in my car before an appointment with the client that I had because, um, yeah, just crying. And I'm like, what do we do? And I remember going home that day and good old Google and started, I was like, there has to be a doctor in Bakersfield that we have not seen. We've seen a few. We've seen a few here. And, um, that's when I found our doctor. I feel um, like I, we could give him a plug cause he was awesome. Dr. Arigari here in Bakersfield. He's amazing. Um, but yeah, we, uh, I, but I asked you, I was like, okay. Like I remember looking at, uh, his reviews and, and his reviews were good. And, um, and you're like, well, just make the appointment. Like at this point we're like, what else do we have to lose? Right. And we did. And I told her, I told you, I was like, Hey, we got an appointment for next week or like two weeks or whatever it was. And I feel like that's when everything just like ready, set, go. Yeah. I mean, we did like, so this is like early 2016 now. And, you know, we went in there to kind of have like a consultation kind of thing. And, you know, all, he, um, remember we was, didn't even go with our paperwork. Right. And so we were just talking to him. We were just like, forget it. Like it's probably going to be in a lot. Every single time we, we took our fought our freaking book book of <laughs> all our big old file of, of all our stuff like nobody the doctor would never look at it yeah and so we go into this appointment and he's like so you know he kind of gives monica like a once over and um you know then we start talking like where have we been and and he's his nurse is like down the hallway and and he'll he'll be like we're like oh we went to this place you know whatever and then this is all you hear he's like pops his head out the door and he's just like stacy stay yeah so and so yeah that doctor too pull the file Okay, and then where else did you guys go? Well, in 2012, we went here and be like, Stacy, and then get get that one too. Yeah, pull from that doctor. Yeah. Okay, and then anywhere else, and we're like, yeah, and we list off like three more, and every time he's just like head out the door, yelling down the hallway, like, pull, call such and such, mm-hmm. call Sam Joaquin Memorial, you know, whatever, like, get get this paperwork from from so and so, and like, so he he got literally everything, and then he reviewed everything, and he was like do you know what they were diagnosing you with? And we're like, no, nobody's ever told us Mm-mm. anything. What they diagnose you with? Uh, premenopausal. Yeah. That sounds about right. But I remember him being so mad because he was looking at the chart or looking at the paperwork and he's was like, that doesn't even make sense. They, they did your blood work on the wrong day of your cycle. So yeah, that would throw you off and put you in that premenopausal state or whatever and then um and then wasn't that when when you went to the doctor too remember when you had gone they had sent you to the doctor and freaked you out for yeah so they were like hey you should do another test like another not dr arigari the doctor before the doctor before Mm -hmm. and so like do you need to do a sample or whatever and so i gave them another sample and uh they were like ooh, like your like your counts are super low 
and you know the percentage of like the good swimmers are like is really low like everything was really low and i was like oh wow like this has been me the whole time and then the it wasn't actually Ayugari that that told that said that it was the because remember i had to go to a specialist mm. to, to check it out and he looked at him he's like no these are within like the numbers range is like like he kind of looked at you and laughed and he's like why would they even send you here yeah like why am i here and like i don't know because they probably want to charge me more money like I, at this point we're like several thousands, thousands of dollars yeah. in just for tests like we haven't even done anything yet we're just you know thousands of dollars in and and he was like i remember him saying like the normal numbers are like five million to 100 million like you could fall anywhere in there and that's normal range and i was like 15 million or something like that like i guess in a lower section of a normal section like it wasn't like but he wasn't even concerned yeah no like, no, no it was uh, like nothing normal so like ayugari goes and you know he looks through everything and then he gives us a plan like he just mm -hmm. gave us a plan to saying like hey you possibly could have endometriosis like we're gonna we could check on that like scheduled a surgery you know and then um and he's like but this is what we're gonna start out with like we're i think we're ready we can do an iui like because you you've had all these tests like you know that it, you know nothing's being blocked and your hormone levels are fine and everything's like whatever like you're good like let's do an IUI and just see what happens and then the other thing that I like about him he was just like this is how much it costs like yeah. this thing's $175 this is 240 this is like I mean down to the dollar amount he wasn't like this is about 300 he's like this is $272 for this procedure I'm like uh, okay like and to not be like a, a money person or like that's the top of mind but like if you're getting into this stuff like you want to know yeah i want to know like a roundabout that when people are like hey ivf could be like seven thousand to twenty two thousand dollars you're like that's a pretty big range you know what i mean like your house could cost a hundred thousand to four million like you know you want to kind of narrow stuff down a little bit like i want to know if i'm in the realm of you know being able to pay for any of this stuff so that's another thing that i actually really appreciated and kind of kept us like on a, a real comfort level uh, through everything but um you know i remember him doing uh so the iui pr procedure well so okay let's go back a little bit because we went in for that initial two-hour consultation yes a two-hour consultation he went through everything so that's another thing you guys if you're if you're trying to find your doctor find somebody your consultation should be about over an hour i mean you're, you should come up with like he, they should go over everything you should be coming out of that appointment with the plan because like then why are you even there right? yeah what else are you what else are you doing so um i remember going in and like he's like well you're ovulating in the next couple of weeks or the next week no, or it was something like the next week yeah and um he's like so it's up to you guys like are you guys ready <laughs> i felt like it was just like ready like are yeah. we gonna do this like i'm like seriously? ready for what like another <laughs> test like yeah he's like no like we can do an insemination this is what we do everything in-house we're gonna schedule you guys for everything and it was literally drawn out and we were ready to go yeah and you know i, I still remember it so um i feel like you know i know a lot about basal body temperature and also <laughs> <laughs> just like the woman anatomy like i know how so you like know a lot about a lot and i think because you've sat in all those appointments. yeah like i'm just we've, we lived it for so long so i feel like 
I've just like been exposed to it now. Basically, I, I'm like 50% OBGYN <laughs> or not, not OBGYN, like a gyno. Like I could basically be a gyno. I would never be that. But I'm just saying like, so when you ovulate, right, you ovulate, like your ovary produces like a cyst mm-hmm. thing, right? And then it like explodes mm-hmm. and that's what drops the egg. And then you do it from like your right over and then you do it from like your left over the next month and it alternates. So you're only dropping one egg every single month. He was in there like looking around or whatever. And he's like, uh, this is when he said like, oh, you're going to ovulate here in the next week. And he's like, do twins run in your family? And I just like popped up. I'm like, huh? Why? No, but there's a story behind that though. The twins. Because remember I, I had seen, went and saw the guy in McFarland. Oh, yeah. Um, Mexican witch doctor. It's not a witch doctor. He's an organ mover. Is that what? what, what is that what? Organ. A healer, I guess you can say. Yeah, uh, if he was white, he would be like a hippie, like a like an herbalist, you know, or like a naturalist, like with yeah. gemstones and those <laughs> kind of <laughs> sapphires. But in that appointment, you guys, this is how crazy and this is why it, this was our time looking back now like, like how we just, everything... we'll do anything when somebody's like hey you should go see this guy we're like cool let him let him at this let him point run me we down. were there yeah but looking back it's like oh my god how things just the stars aligned but anyways i had uh went to see this guy to to massage to give me that massage and apparently it's just a massage they massage your uterus area on the outside and yeah, like um, let everybody know it's like he's rubbing her stomach guys. yeah he's like, rubbing my i don't stomach. know what you guys are picturing right now but it's like <laughs> probably with her shirt on no, rubbing yeah. her belly yeah. like it's not and um and so yeah but the first question he asked me when i walked in that door was do you want one baby or two babies and i remember my mom looked at me like crazy and i and i'm like i just want a baby like i just well i and i think i said that i just want a baby and he's like okay and so he, i laid on the ground and he lotioned up and he started massaging my belly and it was the craziest thing i've ever been through because like he was getting in there and um he's like yeah he's like uh this massage usually twins are are that twins come out of this and I remember like did the whole thing and I have multiple witnesses that were there that can say, yes, that's what he said. And so going back to Joe's story about Dr. Aragari saying, hey, do twins run in your family? It was like Joe's face turned ghost white and he just looked at me with eyes wide open like, what did that guy do to you? Yeah. <laughs> so essentially what was going on was uh, Monica was going to ovulate out of both ovaries that month yeah like there was there was like two eggs about ready to pop which doesn't normally happen and so i don't know crazy craziness (laughs) so uh yeah and dr argari was like well this is this is what could happen you could potentially get pregnant with twins and i remember him asking it's like is that something you guys want to do we're like yeah two and done yeah like let's just do it so we were scheduled like soon after that, like literally that week. I think like, it was, I think that was that week. I okay. So I, this is how. And here's another thing, you guys, find a doctor who's willing to come in on the weekend when you ovulate on the weekend, because um, we had gone to other doctors, and if you ovulate on the weekend, sorry, you like, gotta wait till the next it, month. Do it next month. So um, yeah, she was gonna ovulate what whenever it was. So that was probably like a week before whatever. 
when it came down to it, we determined, he determined that she's going to ovulate on Sunday. So his thing is like, we do this on Saturday and we do it on, again on Monday. So that way, you know, we kind of like sandwich it in there. He also said, he's so professional. He's like, and then on Sunday, you guys should have relations. Yeah. It's like, really? I'm like, huh? And like, he takes you off guard and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't even, I've never heard to it, referred to it as that. Um, so anyways, he's like, yeah, so you got to come in on Saturdays, but we're not normally open on Saturdays, but we'll come in and, and, and do this thing. Right. And so, you know, we left that and we're like, damn, like we got a plan. Like, and he was saying like, Hey, we're going to make a baby. Like, yeah. You know? And we walked out of there feeling like having so much hope. I mean, talking to our parents now and yeah. them looking back at it too. They're like, you guys came out totally different. Like you were totally different people. Like you guys were so ready. And it's just like, it was literally like ready, set, go. Cause yeah. we, it happened. So Saturday, and- like that Saturday morning come in and, um, I remember, so I had to go there. <laughs> okay. okay. How long do you guys got? You guys got 10 minutes. <laughs> so I go there Saturday morning. So I got to go two hours before Monica does, because I got to give them, you know, a sample or not a sample. Like I got to give them the, the good, the good stuff. This- Why have any of these sample situations ever been like normal like no so this one's like no it's not that you can give it at home and rush it here like we need it here and i'm like okay so they're like saturday morning you're gonna come down and meet martha i don't know i'm just using that name i don't know it was a lady but like she's gonna be here at nine o'clock you show up at nine o'clock give a sample she works her magic they do whatever they do pop in them in a test tube or whatever and stir some Red Bull in there, get these things fired up, ready for the, ready for prime time. Um, and then, uh, you know, Monica comes in like at noon and then she just gets like, it gets shot up in there and that's that. And so I'm sure that that's not that, but I, there's probably more scientific stuff that went in there. So anyways, Saturday morning, get there nine o'clock, go in the doctor's office and it's just me and Martha there and she's like turning on the lights. And I'm like, damn, it's kind of cold in here, you know, cause I'm like thinking, and then she hands me my little, I think I probably had to fill something out and she hands me my, my little bucket or a cup. I guess it's a, <laughs> not a bucket. I, say bucket. <laughs> I want people to assume that it's not just filling up like a shot glass. Like it's, it's a lot. Okay. So anyways, here, here's the thing at this point in my my history of like giving samples of it's it's been at home it's never been in a doctor's office but you guys listening at home and and me uh listening or talking right now through where my mind was i was assuming that there's like a special room for this <laughs> it's a doctor's office they do a lot of um, you know, fertility treatments. There's a lot of guys coming in there. Like they're going to have to, you know, you got to do stuff. And I'm assuming like, Oh, there's like, there's probably like a chase, like a lounge, like, um, a humidifier in there. Maybe, maybe like an essential oils, like putting some like lavender into the air. These are stuff that I would, I would create for this. Like a, it's like a sanctuary, nay, like a spanctuary. I'm going to dub that. Spanctuary. So we walk, walk down this hallway and it's just me and her. 
We open the door and it is an examination room, everybody. Like it's nothing special. Like there is a bed, like an examination bed. There's a little short, you know, 18 inch tall circular doctor chair that they just spin around on. And then there's another chair in there and a countertop. Like there ain't nothing. So I'm looking like, I don't know where, like, this is not what I was expecting, guys. I wasn't anticipating. It's cold in here. So it's not, (laughs) I like a certain temperature of room. Like, I don't know. And so it was, I'm I'm never going to forget. So she's like, okay, so like here, here it is. And um, she's like, so just so you know, like, we have to have a clean sample, so you can't use any lotion or anything like that. I'm like, okay. And um, and she's like, and this is the weird instruction. She's like, we need a full drop, so don't miss. And I'm like, yeah, I got it. Like, you, you need all you can get. Why do you have to give that instruction? <laughs> like, I'm just thinking of all the people who she didn't give that instruction to 14 years ago. You know, why they why they have to now give that instruction people shooting it all over the walls or something like having a cleanup or like, I don't know, like who, what are you guys doing? Like you have a job, your job is to get it into that little cup. Okay. Every little bit counts. What were you doing? Are you just like caught up in your, in your thoughts? You know, I, I don't know. And then I remember too, she's like, I have my phone, my cell phone in my hand. And she was like, Oh, in that box, if you need it, there's some magazines and I just remember looking down at my phone and kind of like looking up at her and like raising my hand to like show her my phone and and just being like, I didn't say, I was like, Oh, okay. Thank you. But in my mind, I'm like, lady, I have access to anything. (laughs) If you're, if you wanted to see like a one eyed Eskimo, I'm pretty sure I could find it on this (laughs) thing called the internet. And then one last thing, She's leaving this. She's going to close the door, which is super weird anyways, because now it's just me and her in in this whole office. And I remember she was like, did you need anything else? And in my mind, I'm like, I don't know what she's asking me. Like, (laughs) what kind of place is this? (laughs) I'm kidding. She was like, you know, do you need anything else? And I'm like, no, I don't. Thank you. But I don't know. It was just like a weird moment where I'm like, uh, is she offering something or is she just asking me? Anyways, um, so I'm in this room. She's down the hallway. She's like, hey, you know, just bring down the hallway. I'll get started on it right away as soon as you're done. And so what immediately goes through my mind is what I think every other guy in that situation would go through too. And it's like, how long would a normal person take to do this? Cause I don't want to come out and like, she closes the door and then I open the door. I'm like, here you go. Like <laughs> she's one foot away. <laughs> it just closes. I'm like, there it, I'm already done. Ta-da. And then there you go. I also don't want her to like come do a wellness check on me 40 minutes from now. I'll be like, all right, knocking on the door. Like, Sir? are you okay? You all right? And um, yeah, so I'm just like, all right. So I just determined like 15 minutes. Like <laughs> I, I know I can have this thing done quicker if I need to, but I'm like, I'm not walking out of that door before 15 minutes hits because I feel like that's a good amount of time. So anyways, I did, I scrolled on like Twitter for like seven minutes and then I was like, all right, well better get down to business. And that is that. So that was my, uh, my experience giving that sample. Monica comes back a few hours later and, um, yeah, just, 
we get we got to it did that got to it um and you know like nine days after that we found out that it worked and then here's the thing too about that um i still worked out too we like the doctor dr argari was like go on with life this week i know it's going to be hard but keep going to the gym keep doing everything that you're doing um and you know try not to think about what you know and that was that was one thing i was like i felt like he knew his stuff and he you know through throughout everything and he was like i think he knew like okay you work out now okay keep working out like you're not Mm -hmm. gonna you're not gonna mess anything up by doing this and i think that was like one of the things why we like trusted him even more because like yeah that makes sense like it just made sense to me so you know then we find out that we're pregnant and he still had no issues with you working like and it was a technically you know an at-risk pregnancy just because it's it started through uh iui and so i guess all that is like deemed you know at risk or you just have a little bit more um uh what am i thinking of like oversight kind Mm -hmm. of by the doctor like we're going in a little bit more and um but he never made any mention of like hey don't work out or whatever like i think he knew like it's going to be good for you and there's Mm -hmm. certain things you know as your belly starts to grow like there's certain things that you you don't do right i mean obviously you knew no now especially like what to do and what not to do so when we have pregnant moms at the gym yeah i mean it's like there was days because when we knew we were pregnant we we didn't tell anybody you know we kind of like we're waiting for that thing but going to the gym when you're pregnant and you're going to a gym and lift heavy stuff you do that every single day and then all of a sudden you don't do it people are like what's wrong with monica and i remember i i got really nauseous um early on so i remember sitting there and i'm like i can't i can't work out right now like i'm gonna throw up everywhere and there's pictures of me sitting sitting down taking pictures of you guys working out and i'm just like i do not feel good and um but i did everything I mean, like I said, Dr. Argari, Dr. Argari was really like, no, keep doing it. Like, if you feel good, you know, it's fine. And so I kept doing it. And yeah, and, and then I kept working out the whole pregnancy. Um, I felt really good. And so there's a little stuff that I would tweak if I could do it over again because um, of what I know now. But to be honest, I mean, that's another thing that just helped me get through it too. Because once you're pregnant, the worrying doesn't stop. I think it's like, oh, yay, we're pregnant. And then everything just kind of goes away. It's like, no, it's a whole other set of worries, you know? And Yeah, I think we had, you know, I I pretty much worried like the whole time because I was like into the mindset of, well, I had already come to terms with like, oh, we're not going to get pregnant. It's not going to, it's not for us. So now, you know, every time we go to the doctor, it was kind of like, I guess it's being pessimistic, but it's like, oh yeah this is like something's gonna go wrong now because this is obviously not gonna happen it's not meant for us and that i mean that happened all the way until monica gave birth i mean uh, ellie came about three weeks early monica decided uh to do some crazy like one month or almost one month before being due like some crazy squat workout or something do a million squats and freaking goes into labor 4 a.m that night or because the doctor said oh i'm gonna probably have to induce you because at this point you should be you should be a little bit dilated at least like to two that's right he's he's like i was he's like you're zero phase you're zero dilate you're zero everything so i highly doubt you're gonna go in by yourself okay and what else did the doctor say he said 
I was like, well, how long would it take to you know get that? Because we're like three weeks away from a due date. And he was like, it would be a month of like pretty painful contractions. Like, you know, you're going to feel like a painful contraction and that's what's going to get you in there. I'm like, note taken. So when you go do this squat workout and, and whatever, then like the next morning you go into labor at like 4 a.m. You're like, oh, my stomach doesn't feel right. Like it hurts. You know, you're having these painful. And I'm like, first thing I thought was like, the doctor said, you're going to have a month of that. Like whatever. <laughs> There's no way. And she, she was like hurting. And then I remember she's like, um, this is like in November, obviously November 20th. This is probably November 19th. Uh-huh. And, um, and Monica's like, you're not going to work, are you? And I was like, yeah. He said it was going to be a month of this. Like, <laughs> I can't take off work for a month to stay home with you. And I remember staying home that day and then, uh, you know, finally going to the doctor or finally going to the hospital. Because this is the other thing. All of our friends that are pregnant are like, don't go to the hospital early. All they're going to do is just send you away. You're going to take like four trips there. So I'm like, cool. So come 4 p.m., I, call, I called the uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield nurses hotline. <laughs> Talking about it now sounds dumb. I, but we didn't know. But we didn't know. Like, And so I called the nurses hotline, and they were like, it, it was basically like, hey, my wife's pregnant. And they're like, okay, well, how far along? And I, I said, and like, is she in pain? And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty bad. And then they're like, is it unbearable? And I was like on speaker. I'm, I'm like, hey, Monica, hey, over here. Um, pay attention. Is it unbearable? And then you're like, yeah, kind of. I'm like, she said kind of, but there is a single tear rolling down one cheek right now. And they're like, the, I remember there's like, in my opinion, you should go to the hospital. I was like, okay, I guess we'll go. So and then we're driving there. It's not very far, but you're like, should I be running lights? Yeah. I just really wanted an excuse to like run light, run red light. I'm like, no. And, okay. um, yeah, so we get to uh, get to the hospital, and she was six centimeters. So you labored pretty good for, yeah. you know, thinking it was going to be a, a month of painful <laughs> things. Monica's in labor for, you know, another, so that was about five o'clock that time, another seven hours, right? Am I doing the math right? That would be midnight. And then... Um, we ended up having a little emergency uh, C-section, and um, and that was at like one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, you you did uh, you were a trooper and you you kind of you know you fought there and try to keep try to get her out yourself, but uh, wasn't happening. And again, like that pessimistic side of me, like when we go into emergency C-section because the heart rate's dropping and all that stuff is like, I, you know, that was still my thought is like, well, now this is when it's not going to happen because again, this is, you know, not for us. This is not our thing. We're not, you know, we weren't going to be pregnant and, uh, we weren't going to have a kid. And, um, but yeah. And then she, she came out and one of the things we didn't say is, uh, you know, we, we went blind into the whole pregnancy. So we didn't find out what we were going to have. Um, because I figured and for everybody out there who is having a baby, maybe, gonna have a baby or in the future you do have a baby go blind don't find out it's so much better it's like you there's only i mean how many mysteries secrets are there still in the world like with the internet now and all the cameras everywhere you could find out anything about anything and so this one thing that you could easily find out and you keep it like a like it's a such a surprise 
and I think that that it was it was cool, and I'm so glad that we did that. And um, you know, because everybody always, it, it, who cares? Like, if you find out what you're gonna know, like, why why do you need to find out sooner than when that baby comes out? Because it doesn't matter what it is, it's a boy or a girl. Like, you're still gonna love it the same. And maybe some people want one or the other, and and I understand and, that. And but. I think too with that, it was like, well, our pregnancy wasn't a surprise right so like i mean it it was but to but we we're trying to have it like we made it happen at right. a doctor's office like we knew like we we know science we know exactly the time and the date of when i was conceived because of that not right? when you were conceived i mean not we don't know <laughs> we don't know the time of the day when you were conceived <laughs> when ellie was conceived yeah like so it wasn't a secret it wasn't you know so it was like okay now we look back that's when it happened but um, so not finding out that we were, what we were having was, yeah, it was like, that was like the cherry on top at the end of it. All. Yeah. That was but, like the, the one surprise that we got to, you know, really, really experience yeah. while you were drugged up. Yes. But, um, I don't know. I think going back and looking at everything and it just taught us so much. Uh, we learned so much about ourselves, like about like determination grit like, like you know we talked about resilient and you know going through the hard stuff and then then still pushing even though it's hard it hurts and you can't go on anymore like it literally feels that way but you keep going you keep like pushing past that like you get to your point and then you're like i'm gonna push i'm gonna push past it even though it's the hardest thing to do in your life it literally is the hardest thing but i think that has taught us a lot about ourselves and how strong we really are and i think it showed like maybe this can show people why we are the way we are like you and i when it comes to stuff and because we've been through that a hard thing right and like so everybody has excuses of you know why they I don't know, can't go to the gym or why they can't do something. It's like, you can, you can, you can do it. Just do it. Like stop putting in more hurdles than you need to by saying like, Oh, I'm tired or I'm sick or I don't feel good or it's cold outside or it's hot outside or I ate like crap today or like whatever it is. Like stop making the excuses because you know, you can push through, you can do so much. Like you can unlock like, your potential or, or whatever, like you're so much stronger. You're so much more powerful. You're, you're so much better than, than what you think. Like, don't doubt yourself. And, and, um, you know, and I think, like you said, by just going through something really tough, it, it kind of makes, makes us who we are. And I mean, I think that's why people, you know, at the gym or, or whoever just know us, like we're pretty determined people. Like we're going to, we're going to get after it. Whatever our goal is, we're going to talk about it and we're going to go achieve it. We, we did that with the gym. Like we're like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to open a gym. We're going to open a business. And, and we did it. And then we were like, I'm going to do a podcast. And then I did it, you know? So it's like, whatever it is that you want to do, go do it. Like yeah. just get out there and do it. Like if you want to start your weight loss journey and you're, 70 pounds overweight or whatever you're whatever you are do it like just start and then commit to it and and just come like hopefully you come to our gym i i would appreciate that 
But if that's not the place for you, maybe, maybe it's somewhere else. Like go, just go and just start. And it's going to be so hard. It's going to be so hard, but you have to keep pushing. Like you have to keep going back and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. It's like we we're, we're so as a society, like soft, soft and, and, and want to be comfortable. I get it, but that's not life. Right. I blame air conditioning. <laughs> like, you know, like, or just climate control in general. Like, we have too much heat and too much AC. We're just too cush, you know? And I blame Grubhub and all those other like, <laughs> you don't, thing, you don't have life to. easier for Yeah, you. like, everything's easy. Like, no, make life hard for yourself. And you're going to appreciate it a lot more. You're going to get more out of it. And you will be, you will get more done than the person next to you. Like, if, if you're if you want that out of life like you can absolutely have it like I'm, I'm a I'm a firm believer of like push yourself to out of your comfort level go jump in an ice cold pool like that's gonna shock your system and you're gonna be ready to go for the day or go to the gym and work out until you want to almost pass out like and push yourself and like you're gonna be stronger for it and then it's all it's going to bleed over into other areas of your life your job you're going to perform better in your job or you're going to go out and get that promotion or put yourself in a situation to to maybe you know get recommended for the next job or whatever but people going to are going to notice and i look at our workouts i know when i work out i don't know how you work think about it but i know when i work out and the the workouts are so so hard and i'm like i can't i can't do it like i don't know if i can get through this workout but then i think and i tell myself come on you've been through worse like your body's been through way worse than what you're going to put it in right now and and you're still going to come out of it yeah you're, you're going to be fine so suck it up and keep pushing right and i i think that's how we just approach our life for and everybody listening last friday friday's workout was tough everybody knows what's up those burpee box step overs <laughs> they were they were the real deal they were the they were the killer they were the hammer everybody was dying on those so yeah like when you when we program a really tough workout whatever day that that ends up being like a lot a lot of times friday's a little a little tougher saturday's sometimes a little tougher today was pretty tough but you know we we do that on purpose and it's not every day that we want to program a really hard workout like some days we do want to program a little lighter workout um but when we do program those like that's what we have in mind is like let's test our mental capabilities. Mm -hmm. Let's not, I mean, every day is a physical test. You know, we're, we're going to be sore. We're going to push ourselves. But when we go do those really tough workouts or a long workout or whatever, it's all mental and it's a little physical too, but it's a lot of mental. And we want to test that too, because we know that that's, what's going to make us stronger as well is how much, how, how much into the pain cave can you get and keep pushing yourself out of it? And, you know, that's kind of our, our philosophy uh, of, of a lot of our workouts. And, and honestly, outside of the workouts, like a lot of our life. Mm -hmm. It's like just get stuff done and get yourself outside of your comfort zone. And, um, you know, great things are going to happen. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a good place for us to kind of wrap things up here. Went a little bit longer. Um, than we wanted to actually we're trying to keep this around an hour so uh apologize for that but maybe it gives you guys some extra listening capabilities and you know i really hope that this this week's episode 
uh, kind of allowed you guys to, to meet Monica and, and myself uh, maybe on another level and uh, to show you guys who we are and kind of where we come from, uh, from a lot of like our mindset. And, um, you know, keep joining us for future episodes. And I promise to bring some uh, of our members in to uh, interview them and kind of see what makes them tick, uh, as well as some of our community um, and uh, other business uh, leaders in, in Bakersfield here and um, stuff that people that support, you know, the fitness industry and, and even beyond that. So um, please like, uh, review us on, we're now on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, you know, make sure you're, you subscribe to us, leave a comment, a review, talk about us on social media, tell a friend, that's how it's going to spread. You know, really, we want to spread like wildfire, like post us up on social media, tell a friend, tell a family member, get them to listen. And, um, you know, we'll keep bringing you guys uh, some great episodes. So signing off for Joe Noel. Monica Noel. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.